Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast. Your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. Hey, Tribe. So I got a question for you to kick this off. Have you ever done any social media activism, you know, like where you send out a tweet or you put out a Facebook post about how you really don't like something or you really think that something needs to change? And then it's like you kind of like pat yourself on the back and you're like, yeah, I just I just took on that issue. And then like nothing actually happens. Have you are you familiar with this? Um, so. <laughs> Casey, have you ever done any social media activism? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, no, I haven't. But I, kn- I do know what you're talking about. And, and you know, unfortunately, sometimes we just have an opinion about it and we don't get the opportunity to really do anything. And, you know, people will react on whatever platform it is. You know, I think on Facebook, when they finally changed it from just the thumbs up mm-hmm. to like, Oh, we suddenly have all these other ways to react because you didn't want to thumbs up something that was really sad or right, right. It's still a bit of a stretch. Sometimes you're like, Oh, I really want to help you. And I don't know. Am I, am I crying face now or am I happy face or am I, Oh my God face? <laughs> like, which right. one is it? Right. So, um, but I, I just stumbled upon this, uh, this Chrome extension that, is going to change all of that, right, Matt? Oh yeah, it, it'll change everything about about social media activism. Definitely, <laughs> it's called Emoji Reaction Project, and I will tell you, I saw it was just in the featured sections. The only reason why I happened to notice it, I'm like, Matt, you got to look at this. And at first, I thought really you could like change your emojis in, inside the like, but that's not what it was at all. It, it's actually much cooler, more, actually. it's much more meaningful than that. But you, when you, uh, when you actually take and react to something that is relevant, it will give you ideas on ways to, to make a change for that project, whether that's donating or, um, volunteering your time or doing something like that. So it's actually very helpful in connecting you to help you take action on yeah. on social change. <laughs> will, will people actually do it? I don't know. But at least having a way to really 
do something about these issues is is cool. So so yeah, that maybe something worth checking out. I don't know. We we haven't really dove into it very deeply. So yeah, we're we'll, not we'll necessarily re- recommending it at this right. point. It was really just a topic <laughs> yeah, for us, yeah. us to bant about. But yeah, but it was sort of interesting. And you never know. You know, I think that's sort of the point here is every once in a while I like to just go to the Chrome store and click around because there's always something new and uh, really interesting stuff pops up. And we all like to, you know, turn all our pictures into the, hey, girl, Ryan Gosling. And (laughs) (laughs) you do that. (laughs) <laughs> no, never. <laughs> no, no. Of course not. Of course not. So no. so anyway, today, uh, speaking of, you know, changing the world in some ways and even changing some students' worldview, we're going to dig in, I think, to a topic today that will potentially let us do that. Right, Casey? I think so. You know, we, we were discussing sort of the, the topics that haven't been addressed really yet here on the tribe. And we wanted to make sure that we gave everyone an opportunity to to learn some ideas for Google Hangouts. So we are going to just dig into Google Hangouts and the different ways that you can use that. Of course, we've got some Google News and updates and one that I think is going to make everybody very, very happy as well as some fabulous feedback from our listeners and some ideas from the blogs. All right. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Casey, I am so, so, so excited about this first thing in the news and updates. Can you stand it? Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't. Totally, apparently not. <laughs> no, I didn't expect you to be that giddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're well, throw- I'm pretty giddy about this. You're throwing me off. Yeah, no, I saw this. Uh, I think I saw Alice post this and just like, oh, yes, everybody is going to be so happy We now have the option to take a snapshot. Yes, it's finally back. And it's not called take a snapshot anymore. But if you go into uh, Docs or Slides or any of the, you know, so many of the the Google tools and you click on insert. Now, first of all, the, the image option has popped up to the top of that menu and it didn't always used to be there. And then when you move over, uh, we've still got the same options that we have before, but now you can click on the camera. And when we used the take a snapshot option before, the user interface looked a little bit different and now it still works very seamlessly. So you can take a picture with your webcam and stick it right into a document or another Google file. For me, with a lot of the things that, you know, that I've had students do before or things that I show teachers that involved taking pictures. There were all these workarounds. Now, thankfully, you don't have to do that anymore. So thank you, Google, for bringing that option back. You know, I don't think I realized how many people were using that feature until it was taken away. People were like ready to riot. Like, how dare you take this from me? And I just I just didn't realize that so many teachers we're, we're using that and it does make sense. It's very, very handy. So we are super excited to have that one back. Hashtag super excited. <laughs> Hashtag. All right. We have a, a quick little update in Google Drive that's pretty interesting. So you can now search for content inside a specific folder in Google Drive. So select the drop down in the search bar and choose the folder 
that you want from that location menu. And then you can also right click on the folder and search within the folder. So if you're like me and I have folders within folders within folders and an incredible amount of content. I rely heavily on the search feature inside Drive. And thank goodness it is so good to help me find my stuff. But this makes it even better. So it should be releasing very soon if you don't see this quite yet. So we've got a link back to the G Suite update blog. And you can find all of that at googleteachertribe.com slash 38. So today we are going to dig a little bit deeper into using Google Hangouts and the various ways that we can use this in the classroom. And I feel like this is sort of one of those lesser used tools. Do you feel that way, Matt? Yeah, yeah, which which I think is a shame because of all of the potential that there is to, you know, connect to other classes and to bring guest speakers in. And I mean, there's just so many ways that you can extend your classroom beyond the four walls of the school and go out. And I think a lot of times you're right, just like teachers don't think to use it or they think, I don't know where I'll find people to, you know, to to bring into my class and all of that. Well, I think one of the issues that a lot of teachers face is this isn't actually enabled in their schools. So, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of teachers and when I share this and I ask like one, how many of you have used Google Hangouts? And there's not usually a lot of hands that go up. And then I ask, oh, are you allowed to use Google Hangouts? And so sometimes I think it's just a lack of knowledge and hey, somebody needs to ask, can we use this? This does fall under one of, you know, one of those applications that they, it does have to be 13 years or older. So we're either using this with the older kids or the teachers are using their accounts to, to lead whatever types of activities that you want to do in the classroom. But I just wanted to put that out there. And, you know, if, uh, hopefully in today's episode, you'll gain some new ideas and you'll want to try it. And if you don't have access, maybe this will spark some interest to get access wherever you are. As far as the options that are out there, whether, you know, whether students are doing it collectively in a class, uh, being teacher led or in small groups or, um, you know, even in pairs or individuals, there's a lot that you can do. Um, you know, for instance, as we were sort of brainstorming for this, I know some of the coolest ways are whenever one class will connect with another class, kind of like a buddy class or a partner class, and they're able to share ideas, uh, you know, just, um, you know, talk about their own experiences or perspectives, whether it's someone in another state or another country. If you have a, a group of a couple of kids in your class and then there's another class that you've gotten connected with in another state or another country, you can put everybody together in the same, say, Google Doc, you know, kind of as an extension beyond using Hangouts. And then they can all work together in that way. You know, I know virtual guest speakers and field trips where you can get connected to museums and universities. And there's all of these really neat locations that you can take kids. You can even potentially video an event that's going on at school and let other people be able to attend through that. So those, I mean, just, just starting to kind of brainstorm, those are some of the things that I was thinking about. Oh, absolutely. The, the possibilities, especially when you're talking about the video conferencing side of Hangouts are endless, but there's also a chat feature within Hangouts. And I think that's also just worth mentioning and Matt and I have already used it today. Right. You know, so we communicate. It's it's just like an instant messaging application. So as a teacher, that can come in handy 
as well with, you know, communicating within your, your school and your team and, and just getting that information out. But it is definitely a really nice, the mobile app is extremely friendly as well. Although they keep making some changes to Hangouts. And I think that's also sort of where some people are shifting, you know, our, we used to have Google Hangouts on air. Now that's actually in YouTube. So, so the live events have shifted, shifted over to YouTube, but but there's so many possibilities when it comes to to using Hangouts in the classroom. And Matt, you've you've done a lot of work on this. In fact, you have a really great infographic on using video calls in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. I wrote this post not too long ago uh, called, it's just called Video Calls in the Classroom. You can do this. <laughs> Here's how step by step. And it just talks about kind of the workflow that you go through from the moment that you decide you want to do one of these uh, calls on Hangouts, or you can use one of the other platforms too. You know, like you, you start to figure out what you're curious about, what you and your students, and then you start to brainstorm who can help, like who can we bring into the classroom? And after you've got that list of potential guests, you start to to reach out. And that's the thing I think that a lot of people get stuck on is they're going, I don't know who any of these people are that I can bring into my class. And so that's where I always think it doesn't have to be, you know, super celebrities or anything. If you can think of somebody who might or the kind of person that might have the um, the kind of expertise that your kids would like, would be able to benefit from, then reach out to them and just reach out and see you know, that's kind of the beginning. And then once you've got it all scheduled and ready to go, it's always useful to do a practice call and to have a plan for how you'd like the call to go. Of course, if you deviate from your plan, that's not a big deal. But doing a practice call ahead of time um, can be really useful to kind of iron out all of those potential technical glitches. So you call up the person that you're going to be uh, talking to during class and say, you know, hey, does my audio sound okay? Is my video look good? Do we have any questions about what we're doing? And then once that's set, you start to kind of prepare kids for the call and say, hey, here's what's going to happen. Here's what um, what we're going to be doing. Uh, sometimes it's even good to give individual students roles, like who's going to greet and is somebody going to you know feed us questions. This, this is especially useful if you do a uh, a mystery hangout or a mystery video call where you're trying to guess the other person's location. And that's a whole other thing. But then you do the call. And that's the most fun of all. And, you know, sometimes there are unexpected surprises and, um, you know, letting you and your students kind of work through those is fun. But then I think what's really important is after that video call is done is to have a little bit of reflection time and to not just call wrap up the call and then move on with your lives, but to have kids kind of think through, um, you know, any of that stuff that you've talked about and what do you think about it and how does that change the way that you think about the world? And then of course, the last step after that is to find more guests that you can bring to your class. So, um, you know, those, that's kind of like the natural progression, I think of, of how a lot of times these, these calls happen. And I think this is great because you just, you just have to get a little organized when it comes to figuring this out. And like you said, testing things obviously, and, you know, 
I, I can tell you many times that <laughs> Google Hangouts has not cooperated with with me on occasion when you really oh, need yeah. it to. So, oh, yeah. so you definitely need to do those 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 test calls and, and make sure everybody's prepared. But you know what? That's also part of the learning process because it's good to model even when things aren't working correctly. You know, for students, what you do, how you react, and how you can troubleshoot those types of things. So those are opportunities. But I think one of my favorite projects that involves using Google Hangouts is actually the Google Connected Classrooms project. Oh yeah, this is good. And it's a it's a Google Plus community. And so as Matt was talking about, you don't know who to talk to, you don't know where to find people. Well, this is just one of many places, but it gets better. So not only can you go in there and talk to other teachers and say, hey, I'm a third grade teacher looking for another third third grade class to connect with. Yeah, you can throw that into the community. But guess what? It's also connected to NASA, Time for Kids, the San Diego Zoo, the Seattle Aquarium. The list goes on and on and on. So whenever they have something, some kind of event going on, they'll post it in this community and you can actually take part. And so I've added a link to a video that I use in presentations when I'm talking about Google Connected Classrooms because it is so adorable to see mm-hmm. these kids in mm-hmm. these these virtual field trips, you know, like seeing an octopus in a tank and they're asking all these questions and it's just really, really fun. So I included that video so you can kind of get a hands-on look at it, you know, but you can bring authors and experts into the classroom. You know, how much more powerful as a language arts teacher is it to actually talk to the author of a book instead of reading about them online, you know, to actually bring that in. And you know what my favorite part is, Matt? What's that? Guess how much it costs. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Tell us, I, I think it's, I think it's the, the favorite price of every educator everywhere, which would be completely free, no permission slips to worry right? about and no yellow buses to get there. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Teachers rejoice. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, it wasn't that long ago that doing these types of things involved a lot of really fancy, expensive video conferencing equipment. Mm-hmm. And now you can do it from almost any web enabled device that has a camera. That's pretty much it. And so this has just become so accessible that uh, we just have so many opportunities to bring this in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I was just scanning through the Connected Classrooms uh, Google Plus community you were showing. And some of the things I saw were um, finding a meteorologist from the National Weather Service to talk to your students. So that was neat. There's this thing called the Global Kind Project that you can get involved with. And then there's even this... um, this international photography challenge that you can get involved with. And there were links to all of those within that. So, you know, Casey's got a link on in the show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 38 about Google Connected Classrooms. But then there are some other really good Google Plus communities. If you're not familiar with Google Plus, it's kind of like Google's version of Facebook. Um, you know, how Facebook has uh, groups, Google Plus has these communities. And as long as you've got a Google account, you can access these. And so if you jump into some of these communities. I mean, there are hundreds or thousands of teachers in each one of these. Um, and if there's something that you want to do, you just put a, you know, post a, a little message in these communities and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Do you have any ideas? And I would even say, jump into three or four or five of these communities that we have linked up and post that same message. And you'll get this huge variety of teachers that may potentially see it. 
and you may be surprised at what you can find. And so if you're looking for hopefully maybe possibly one person, you may end up with a list of people and you may have to either decide on one or set up multiple calls. So sometimes you can get a lot more than you're looking for. So if you're if you're wanting to do this, that's one thing that I would suggest is to check out those communities. Another one is to think about the time zone. This one has doomed me a couple of times where I'm, I remember that I'm in Eastern time personally and I'm doing a video call and I forget to double check the time zone. Um, now, the nice thing is if you call somebody that's north or south of you, obviously, if they stay within the same time zone, that's easy. So, you know, a lot of times if you go, if you're looking for somebody outside of, you know, if you're in the United States and you're looking for somebody international, if you go south and if you go, you know, down to South America, the time zone isn't going to be as radically different going north and south from you as it is going east and west. So the time zone is definitely one that you want to check into too. So that's just one of those many tips if you're interested in using Hangouts in the classroom. That's a good one because I don't speak time zones. And Matt, <laughs> Matt knows this. I'm like, you, you just, you can't, don't tell me in your time zone. I'll never be there. I'll never, I'll convert it the wrong way. I just, I'm very blonde. So I need my world clock in front of me to make sure <laughs> that I get the time zones just right. So very good point. And these are all great tips and share, you know, with the Google Teacher Tribe hashtag, leave us a message. We want to hear how these things are going in your classrooms. Did you do a hangout? Did you do a mystery hangout? Did you connect with, you know, NASA? What What's going on? We, we want the feedback. We want to know what your tips are as well. What did you learn from the process and how can we help other teachers? Definitely hit us up on the GT Tribe hashtag on Twitter or head over to googleteachertribe.com and leave us a message or uh, shoot us a message of feedback and we'll we'll be glad to pass that along to the, the rest of the tribe. So y'all go hang out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> go hang out. That's right. The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. All right, so let's dig into the Google Teacher Tribe mailbag. We are always fascinated to hear from you guys. And we're especially looking forward to hearing some messages from you for next week's episode. So next week is going to be our big one-year anniversary for the Google Teacher Tribe. And we're pretty excited, super excited, you might say. What we'd really like to do is turn the microphone over to the tribe. So what we're looking for you to do is to go to googleteachertribe.com and leave us some feedback. Record a message, a voice message using the little speak pipe tool that we have of your best Google tips, tricks, and ideas. Uh, no more than two minutes, I'd say. And if you can leave your name and location in it too. We're going to be gathering together some of the best stuff there, and we're going to make the entire episode lots of things that, that you guys have shared. So definitely head over there and leave us a message. And speaking of some of these voice messages, we have a message from Libby Nags from Ingram, Texas. And so she has actually taken some stuff that she's learned from the Google Teach Tribe and has implemented it. So Libby, take it away. 
Hi, Matt and Casey. My name is Libby and I teach in Ingram, Texas. And I wanted to tell you that I listened to your newest podcast about what we missed, might have missed in 2017. Anyway, I was so, so, so excited to hear about the page marker extension because that's been my biggest complaint about Google Slides. And I literally was able to use it today and let my kids see how much of a Google nerd I am because I was excited about it. So thank you very much for that tip and for your podcast. I look forward to it every week. All right, Libby, we are excited to hear that you were able to use that extension. You know, I just shared that in a Twitter chat last night, actually. And, um, it was, I was kind of amazed to see all of the interest in it of people just being able to mark on a page. And, um, it's, it's funny how those little, um, those little features sometimes are left out and they're things that, that we want. So we're really glad to hear that that worked out well for you. Yes. Of course, we love hearing about how someone learned something from the tribe and, and took it and used it right away. So that's really what we want. We want to be able to give you these practical tips. And this one was something that we just sort of stumbled upon trying to find the answer. So even better, right? Yeah. So we also have a question here from Paul in Hawaii. And uh, Paul, if you ever want me to come visit, just let me know. Uh, Me too. Me too. (laughs) Yes. So he says, uh, my school is beginning a professional book study and I'm in charge of making it more interactive. I already set up a Google Classroom and we plan on using the questions feature as well as Google Docs to answer the study guide question. I was wondering if there was any more any more ways to conduct a book study. So um, in terms of using Google Classroom for a book study, one, I think that's a great idea. But Classroom is really just sort of like a home base for everything to happen. So you're, you're not limited to just using what tools are already built into the platform. I think that's something that's important to sort of think about. And especially with book studies, they do tend to get a little dry sometimes, you know, that if if people are just answering questions and trying to get people to get more into it can be a little bit difficult. So, and the question feature inside Google Classroom, I'll be honest, is not my favorite. It doesn't thread the discussions very well. So you could consider using something like Flipgrid to get people, you know, sharing their voices and putting their faces on their camera. I don't know if they'd be willing to do that. Some people are a little shy, but Flipgrid obviously comes to mind in terms of that. And of course, you can link right to the grid inside Google Classroom. But you might just consider sort of varying the way they respond to the questions is sort of what I'm thinking and in the ways that I facilitated book studies that, you know, maybe one time they're doing a Flipgrid, maybe the next time they're in a Google Doc, or maybe you have them creating to sort sort of reflect on what they've they've read. Uh, Matt, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, that I I think just mixing it up like that is always is always really nice. And yeah, I, I could even see having a, you know, potentially like a Google slide presentation that everybody can access. And maybe there's a slide for individual questions or individual chapters and being able to drop comments onto them. I mean, the sky's sort of the limit. And the fun thing is, is that you can try different things out and then you'll know kind of what works and what doesn't for the future. So great question, Paul. Yeah. And what works for some teachers, the ones that, you know, some teachers will really latch 
latch on to certain topics and certain ways of expressing themselves, just like our students do. So, you know, I think keeping it diverse and sort of differentiating for that is important for adults as well as students. So, uh, so thanks for that question, Paul, that that's a great one. And if anybody else has ideas that they would like to share with with the tribe and with Paul on how to facilitate a book study online using classroom and beyond. Please share that with us as well. Yeah. And actually, with this next question, this is kind of the same thing. We're really interested to see what the tribe has to say about this one. This is a voice question from Jennifer Portilla from Florida. So Jennifer, take it away. Hi, Matt and Casey. My name is Jennifer Portilla, and I'm calling from Longwood, Florida. And I teach seventh grade civics and seventh and eighth grade reading and language arts. And I have a question about Google Classroom. Is there a way when adding a new student to prevent all of the former assignments from being added to that student's feed? For example, I just added a new student who's starting January 9th, but he has all of the assignments dating back until August that say that they are due or past due for him. Is there a way to stop that from happening? Thanks so much. You know, after Casey and I listened to this question, we were thinking, you know, I'm not exactly sure how that would work. Um, because if you add a new student in the middle of the year, obviously they're not going to go back. Probably they're probably not going to go back and do all of those same activities that all of the other kids had done. So importing all of those in you know, doesn't totally make sense. And I was even thinking, you know, how you can assign, you know, assignments to specific students if you could go back and uncheck, but that that's not even going to be a good answer. So Casey and I are kind of, we're kind of straight, uh, scratching our heads about this one, aren't we? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm thinking if she's experiencing this, then everybody else is experiencing this. So we want to hear from you because, because Matt and I are not in the trenches using Google Classroom every day with, with a classroom of, of students. So we want to know how are you making this work? Are you, how do you fix this problem? And are you having the same problem? So, you know, we really, we're really asking you to, to help us answer this question. Yeah, so we'll be really interested to see and we will report back what we see and hear on our next episode. So, you know, we always have some fun stuff to share with you from our blogs and from the blogosphere and what we're learning And I have a post that I wanted to share that is very timely in terms of the beginning of the year. And it's called Student Created Vision Boards with Google Slides. And so... I personally create a vision board every year. It's something that I've really begun to take hold of. And and I, I think these are very powerful tools for envisioning the goals that we have. And so I use it personally and professionally. But I thought to myself, well, one, I could make this digital. I get all crafty with it. And I've got, you know, magazines and glue and all kinds of stuff. But why not make this in Google Slides? And then I got to thinking about the new app add-ons that we have, like Unsplash, that give us access to stock photography that we'd be cutting out of magazines anyway. So why not put that all together and, you know, cut and paste digitally inside Google Slides and make a vision board? Because, you know, it's really important for students to connect their learning goals 
to what they're actually doing in learning and to revisit these vision boards throughout the year to see the progress. So, you know, I have some suggestions in there, but I think this can be a combination of, of personal goals and, you know, their own learning goals for your classroom. And we've already had several people, uh, teachers in, in their classrooms took this and ran with it the very next day. And so it's, it's really fun idea is if you still have some time, you know, to, to get students thinking about what they want to accomplish this semester. And I just want to give you a little hint. So it's it's too soon to tell you exactly what's coming, but I have something pretty big in the works coming actually the day after this 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 podcast gets published. So uh, stay tuned to the blog. Be sure that you are subscribed. I've got some a really big free stuff coming your way. Uh, I don't want to give it all away, but I I am giving it all away. <laughs> so so just just a little hint there. Stay tuned, and I'll put a link in the show notes when it's released. Very good. And so for me, um, I just recently participated in one of our uh, regular Thursday Ditch Book Twitter chats. Uh, they happen Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, only run for about a half an hour. And this one was all about Chrome extensions. And oh, my goodness. We had more than 50 different Chrome extensions that could be used with students and teachers and educators, um, all shared during this, uh, during this Twitter chat. So I've curated all of the tweets of all of the uh, Chrome extensions that were shared and put them into one blog post. So this one's all about uh, Chrome extensions and 50 or more of them that you could go check out. So we've got links to that and all the other stuff at googleteachertribe.com slash 38. All right. So if you haven't dug into Google Hangouts too much, maybe now is the time. Uh, hopefully you've gotten some good ideas to use and maybe the gears have started working in your brain of how could I get my students connected to some people outside of the classroom. So uh, yeah, Hangouts, definitely something worth checking out if you haven't already. So we hope that you have enjoyed this episode and that everybody's walking away with some new ideas, not only for Hangouts, but hopefully some new tips and keep the feedback coming. We love it. Don't forget to leave us a two minute idea for our anniversary episode. And thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech Podcast.